It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we continue here in off-season mode. But there is good news on the horizon as the NFL announced on Thursday the start dates for training camp. And your Carolina Panthers will be reporting back to Spartanburg, South Carolina, ahead of season 28 on the campus of Wofford College on July 26th for the rookies. And for the veterans, and by my count, we are only 32 days away from the Carolina Panthers preparing for the 2022 season. That will be vital for Matt Rule and all involved, and especially for you, the Panther fan who checks out the podcast, as we want to have something positive to talk about here in 2022. In the meantime, make sure to check out every single episode of the show over on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page over there, Locked on Panthers, and Listen, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, tune in, does not matter, rate, review, and subscribe, and never miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers or any of your favorite Locked On podcasts out there. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate either at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council. But of course, first, make sure to follow me over on Twitter at Julian Council. And without further ado, let's get into it on this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, starting off with Stan, who asked, do you think Matt Rule is trying to hype up Sam Darnold just to raise his stock for a trade? Well, Stan, here's the thing. I've seen Sam Darnold play, and I'm positive that every other team in the National Football League has seen Sam Darnold play over the last four years. And the conclusion I think that they and I and probably most of us have drawn is that Sam Darnold is not a starting quarterback in this league based off of the four years of tape. There is still a chance. There is still possibly hope. And the Carolina Panthers might give him an opportunity, although they've spent every minute this offseason trying to find a way to replace Sam Darnold, and they might do that very soon with Baker Mayfield, who apparently is garnering interest up there in Seattle as Pete Carroll's 71 years old and been telling us that I like Drew Locke and Geno Smith. That's cap. Clearly, that cannot be the case, but the Carolina Panthers have tried and failed so far to find an upgrade of Sam Darnold. Maybe Matt Corral becomes that, but that's somebody that they want to slowly develop as they've said. So we'll see how that pans out. But no, I mean, Matt Rule has said positive things about Sam. They've talked about all offseason how we need to help Sam and how they think they can win with Sam and how Sam can be a good quarterback. We just got to do more for him. And Matt Rule said even during OTAs that that was the best practice he had ever seen out of Sam Darnold, that he looked night and day from where he was at this point last season. And it carried over a little bit to minicamp as Sam struggled just because he had a bunch of undrafted free agent rookie receivers who didn't know the routes or the plays. And that did not make the offense look great, but – in that final day there, as they had their kind of pseudo 
um, fan fest with their friends and family inside Bank of America Stadium. It was a clinic that he and the offense put on inside the 20s, which has been an issue here in Carolina the last two seasons. So I don't really think Matt Rule can say anything that's going to raise Sam Darnold's uh, trade value. Uh, if they get rid of Sam Darnold, the only way they're going to be able to do it is by paying the vast majority of his $18.858 million fifth-year option, and they're going to have to give up assets. So that does not seem like a situation that Carolina Panthers want to put themselves in, and I don't think any team in the league is stupid enough to uh, honestly sign up for that. Remember, the Panthers were bidding against themselves a year ago when they brought him in from New York, giving up a second, fourth, and sixth-round pick which, as we know, was a bad decision and made worse by them exercising his fifth-year option, albeit I understand why they came to that determination. All right, moving on now to Steven, who says, this is probably crazy, but if Teddy Bear, as in Teddy Bridgewater, was the Panthers quarterback in 2021, do you think we are closer to a playoff team? The offense scored way more points with Teddy and looked efficient, and the defense would have more breaks with how Teddy manages the game. Okay, let's go back to 2020, though. The two main issues for the offense in 2020 was red zone efficiency and last-minute drives, especially the two-minute drill. They were 28th out of 32 teams in a red zone in 2020. Last year with Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Cam Newton, they improved the 25th out of 32 teams. So still pretty damn bad. Um, and then as far as last-minute drives, um, Darnold led one. Last year against Minnesota, after throwing an interception on the very first play of the game, not sure what the heck he was doing that day when he was running all around and not throwing the ball away until he threw it away to the other team. But they were putrid all afternoon until Sam Darnold pulled it out of his butt and got that team all the way down the field and tied the game, eventually losing in overtime to the Minnesota Vikings. But he did something that Teddy Bridgewater never did. So I'll credit Sam for that. But Teddy was 0 for 8 in those situations, either win or tie the game. All that being said, Teddy Bridgewater is a much better quarterback than Sam Darnold. The numbers put out there a year ago by Shil Kapadia of The Athletic, he does a really good detailed breakdown of the NFL each year and each team. He had a comparison of Sam Darnold in New York and Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, both in 2020. And Teddy was far better stats-wise. And you can talk about the situations. Sam didn't have a good offense line. Neither did Teddy. Teddy certainly had way better weapons with Robbie Anderson having the best year of his career with Teddy Bridgewater and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. But he didn't have Christian McCaffrey. But yet, seemed to have more success as four guys that year went over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Mike Davis, uh, who went to Atlanta. Curtis Samuels, who, of course, got paid in Washington, reuniting with Ron Rivera and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. That's only happened several other times in the NFL. And the Panthers that year in 2020 were the only team to never go to the playoffs after having that happen. Last season, Robbie had a terrible year. DJ had a ton of drops, which is really on him, but still. DJ was still good, but could have been better. Now, a number three wide receiver never emerged, and McCaffrey was out for pretty much the entire season, and the Panthers' offense was far worse. So the situations were pretty much the same with Teddy and Sam, and Teddy did much better here in Carolina than Sam Darnold did in 2021. He's a better quarterback. And you look at, okay, yeah, in Denver, they went 7-10. and 10. They also play in the AFC West. Uh, the Chiefs are in that division. The Chargers are and the Raiders are. Chiefs went to the AFC title game for, what, the fourth year in a row? They got that guy Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's their head coach. Um, and then the Chargers have Justin Herbert, and they were on the brink of making the playoffs. Had they tied on that Sunday night game against the Raiders, they would have been in the playoffs as well. The Raiders went to the playoffs and lost to the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl. Pretty darn tough division, and no one's shocked that Denver finished in last place. If Teddy's here last season, I think they're way closer to being a playoff team because he did not have a great defense. 
in 2020. There was a young defense that could not get off the field, didn't have strong cornerback play, which is why they went out there and drafted J.C. Horn eighth overall. But with defense, with the defense last year and Teddy there, I think that this team would have been a lot closer to the playoffs, especially when you look at the NFC South where the Saints didn't have a quarterback at all once Jameis went down. And you can even question whether Jameis was going to be the answer last year or not as he's getting a second go around here this upcoming season. And Atlanta was terrible. So the Panthers could have been in position. Like they lost to the Giants, which made no sense. They could have beaten Minnesota. Like there were games that they should have won anyways. And even the Philly game where this team might have been a playoff team with Teddy Bridgewater. Who is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold? So it was one of the questions, too, when they traded the second, fourth, and sixth-round pick for Sam over a year ago was, you know, is Sam even better than Teddy? And some folks thought, okay, Sam's going to come in here and stretch the field. We saw that once. Week one, 57-yard touchdown against the Jets to Robbie Anderson. After that, the next time we saw that was Cam Newton, I believe, to DJ Moore down in Miami. And that was it. So, yeah, I think they would have been in a better position last year. Now, as far as, like, would they be closer to being a playoff team now? I don't think Teddy Bridgewater would have been on the roster because the plan should have been and seemed to have been until David Tepper intervened was for Teddy to come in, be that bridge, you draft a quarterback, and then you move on from Teddy after two seasons. That's the way the contract was structured at the very, at least. But instead, Tepper got impatient, wanted a quarterback, and landed with literally the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League. So great job all around by all. Um, next question comes from Ethan. He asks, who do you think will take over the running back to role, Dante Foreman or Chuba Hubbard? Uh, Foreman was much better last year in that role as the number one running back, filling in for Derrick Henry down in Tennessee and helping him get to the number one seed. So I'm going to say him. He brings in, I mean, he's huge. The Panthers are lucky where they have three guys. They're not lucky. It's four, it's, interest, it's like interesting that they have three guys who had over 2,000 yards rushing in a single season back in college. And Foreman now comes there to Carolina after – being out of the league and coming back and really being playing well last season in Tennessee. I just look at him as they want to implement more of a downhill rushing attack and needing someone to fill in short yardages as someone who's getting better opportunities. And Chuba was fine last season, was not as good as Mike Davis was the year prior. And he's a rookie. And Davis had been around the NFL, been in a, been experienced and was different kind of running back as far as getting downhill and just running right through people. But Juba, the problem with him is he doesn't really offer much out of the backfield in terms of receiving the football. And if you're not going to be as good of a short yardage situation back as Foreman and you're not going to be able to catch the ball, then your opportunity is going to be limited. He'll get his chances, but I just think that Foreman's going to be someone who fits more of what they want to do this upcoming season than Chuba Hubbard. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show. Then I will come back and answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net net is the easiest and fastest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including mma boxing and golf head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get back to it here on the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. And our next question also comes from a man named Ethan. He asked, will we make it to the playoffs, in your opinion, in the next three years? So I guess you're asking 2022, 23, and 24. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I want to drink the Kool-Aid. Now, if they bring in Baker Mayfield, sign me up. I think it'll be a playoff team, even though I think it'll take Baker some time to really learn the offense, gain a rapport in Carolina, and then be able to lead this team to where they want to go this upcoming season. I don't think they're a playoff team with Sam Darnold. I really don't see that happening. I don't think they're a playoff team with Matt Corral unless he comes out here and surprises, but I just don't see that happening. So to be a playoff team, I think they're going to need a better quarterback, especially when you look at you have to play the AFC North with the Ravens, with the Browns, who I guess they probably won't have Deshaun Watson, but still. Got to play the Browns, decent roster still. Um, the Bengals who just went to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, and Pittsburgh is always not never bad. And I'll end up probably being a home, a road game at home against Pittsburgh, I think, in November or December, whenever that game's being played. And you have to play the Cardinals, who won't have New Hopkins, so that you've who you've owned, but still you got to play the Cardinals and you have to play the world champion Rams and Seattle, who's bad. And in San Francisco. So the schedule is not easy. And it's the NFL. It's never going to be easy. I just don't really see it happening this upcoming season as the team sits right now. Now, that could change. My opinion could change as we evaluate them here over the course of the next 32 days. And even once we get into training camps, see how preseason shakes out. And maybe if Darnold wakes up or if Corral shows out or if they bring in Baker, we'll see how things work out. But right now, I look at it. I just don't think they're a playoff team this season. But I don't think the Panthers are going to have like a decade-long drought of not going to the playoffs. And if they don't go this year, they'll get a new head coach. And maybe that head coach who comes in will be in a better position where the offensive line should be good. The defense has a young core. You still have good, young, talented skill players like Christian McCaffrey and like DJ Moore. Like, they're really not that far away. It's just making sure that the O-line actually plays the way that we're projecting to play, that they find a quarterback, that McCaffrey can stay healthy, and that the linebacker play gets better and they can stop the run. Like, they're not that far away from being a team that can absolutely compete and play in mid to late January. So I don't think it's going to happen this year as it stands right now. It could be, but I think it's more so looking at 2023 and at the very least 2024. So yeah, I think there'll be a playoff team at some point in the next three years. Um, All right, let's go to Mike. Hey man, still loving your podcast. However, Oh, uh-oh. Uh, on multiple occasions, you have stated you want the team to develop. You, he puts that in quotes. Corral and get him ready for the 2023 season. However, teams don't develop quarterbacks anymore. If they can play, they can play. What quarterbacks in the NFL have been developed? I'm sure you are going to say Mahomes, but come on. He could have started day one and still be the exact player he is today. I just think not seeing what Corral has from the jump is a big mistake. Yeah, you know, that's a good point you bring up there about Mahomes. And I wasn't going to say Patrick Mahomes because he's just an anomaly. Like, that dude is different. Like he sat out for a year and came out and won MVP and took a, and hosted an AFC title game and darn near came so close to getting that team to the Super Bowl. And then the second year as a starter, won Super Bowl MVP and, of course, the Super Bowl. Uh, four straight in AFC title games with Mahomes as the starting quarterback in Kansas City. You have to wonder, like, had he started there that first year, if the Chiefs would have been better than having Alex Smith. But for whatever reason, Andy Reid – Brett Veach and all those folks down in Kansas City felt like the best thing for them was to sit him for a year. And it worked out really well. Now, you're asking other teams that are developing quarterbacks. Well, the Bears didn't start Justin Fields all last year. Now they have a new uh, 
they have a new um, head coach. So we'll see how that works out. San Francisco played Jimmy G all last season and sat Trey Lance. He had to start that one game against the Packers. That went horribly, but Kyle Shanahan's developing him. I mean, Atlanta's probably going to develop Desmond Ritter. Like, Corral's also a third-round pick, man. It's like, it's different. Like, Mahomes was a first-rounder. Like, Trey Lance, they sat him. He was a first-rounder. Like, teams have developed quarterbacks. Yes, typically, you have guys start from day one. Like, Josh Allen. You're telling me that Buffalo didn't develop Josh Allen, who was not good his first two years. Then all of a sudden, light bulb clicked, and he was great in year three. Now, if he doesn't play very much in those first two years, then maybe he doesn't get that to that point. And that's how Buffalo, they were going to live with the mistakes and let it build over time. And now we see how good he is. The last time we saw him play might have been the most epic divisional round game we've ever seen in the NFL last season with the Chiefs and the Bills. And now he's in the front runner to win the MVP this upcoming season. So yeah, that that might or that might be a good argument for you saying throw him out there, let's see what he has. But also, you don't want to put a guy in a, in a situation where he's taking it. Well, he shouldn't take a beating, but where he goes out there, looks terrible, and just loses all his confidence. So uh, if they don't think he's ready, they don't think he's ready. I don't really see the because especially y'all want to win, right? You don't want to see Darnold, but I guess if you want to lose, you rather lose with Matt Corral. But how are you going to feel as a fan base if Matt Corral goes out there and he looks terrible? And it's going to be like, oh, crap, we still don't have a quarterback. It's probably going to be the mindset. People are like, all right, let's go draft somebody instead. Let's get rid of this guy. So I, I understand where you come from. I just, I mean, there have been examples. I was just pointed out of other organizations kind of like put, putting the pause button and not just immediately throwing people out there. We'll see how things work out with the Jets and Zach Wilson. But did he offer much confidence in himself last season? No. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, had, he had, there was no choice but for Trevor Lawrence to start from day one. He was the number one overall pick. The expectations are so much more different for a guy who was picked 94th overall and every other team in the NFL passed on and three other quarterbacks went ahead of him than there would be for someone who's getting drafted in the first round. And that's that's just been my kind of my message is manage your expectations. Yes, I'm desperate for a quarterback too. We need one here in Carolina. Just throwing Matt Corral out there week, week one against the Browns and just throwing him out there because you want to see whether he has it or not. I don't think that makes a ton of sense. Like either he's ready or he's not. Now, he might not be ready and you throw him out there, but will that mess up his psyche? I hope not, but if it does, I guess maybe he wasn't the right guy at the end of the day either way. So, good question, Mike, and I appreciate that. All right, Kyle. How's your week, Julian? It's been all right, man. Hope yours has been as well, Kyle. Um, will you be attending training camp at all? Yeah, the plan is to get down there when I can. Um, I do have some things going on, like with work with NASCAR and also personal things early on in August, but – at least for that first weekend, I was talking to Nick Carboni over at WCNC, not to give away any content plans. I talked to him about me um, getting down there and uh, doing some stuff. And I also want to get my eyeballs on these guys. So, yeah, I, I plan on being down there at least a couple of days uh, this upcoming uh, camp. So in a few weeks, um, his Friday mailbag question is, uh, if I could take one player from any team besides quarterback, who are you taking and why? Uh, Aaron Donald, because Aaron Donald, excuse me, because he's the best player in football. Uh, that's it. That's all I got to say. Do, do I really need to elaborate? Um, now, Justin, he asked, and we're back to this. I can't believe this. Justin, you must be a new listener because I've, I thought I'd made myself clear on these. Um, would you consider Gardner Minshew as a potential target for the Panthers? He played very well considering the quality of team that he had with the Jaguars. He isn't perfect, but he protects the football and didn't have a ton of help and put up numbers that could be expanded on the Panthers. Plus, McAdoo loves him. Yes, Ben McAdoo worked in Jacksonville as a quarterback coach back in 2020. When Gardner Minshew was there, he started, I believe, like eight games, and his record was like one and seven. It's Jacksonville, and QB wins is not a stat. 
But y'all, we've been over this. Gardner Minshew, loved him at Washington State. Great story. The fact he came to the NFL, he had success, is awesome for him. He's also, the what, the third-string quarterback in Philadelphia right now. The Eagles seem, look so highly on Gardner Minshew that he's not going to start over Justin Fields or Justin Hurt or Jalen Hurts. Come on. God, so many, so many names to try and remember. I just, I don't see, like, okay, so it's bringing Gardner Minshew to be a one-year stopgap. How is that any different than what they've been doing and potentially could be doing a Baker Mayfield? I'd rather take the guy with the higher upside who's taken a team to the playoffs and has more talent than Gardner Minshew. Like, like, why are we doing this? I just, I don't understand the obsession over Gardner Minshew. And then to say that, oh, he played very well considering the quality around him as if Gardner Minshew is like this high level talent who's been held back by the Jags. Come on, man. Like he is solid, solid backup. Would take him as a backup quarterback. But no, I don't want to watch 17 games of Gardner Minshew. I don't particularly want to watch 17 games of Sam Darnold either. But I'd rather see what he has, the guy that they bet on last year terrible bet then i would rather see with Gardner Minshew out there when we know for a fact he's not going to ever be the guy but appreciate the question either way justin guys no more Gardner Minshew questions don't even think about it moving forward all right gonna take another quick pause here on the show then i'll come right back and answer the rest of your weekly friday mailbag questions here on locked on panthers is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right back here to answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. Again, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and be sure to at me or really just DM me, slide in those DMs. Don't get too crazy at Julian Council as well and let me know what you want to say for the weekly Friday mailbag in the weeks to come. All right, got Rod now who asks, should the Panthers consider bringing Cam Newton back in a non-quarterback role? Oh, no. I like the idea of him coming in inside the five-yard line for direct snaps, read options, or maybe even split out wide and snag jump balls over small corners. What are we doing, Rod? I think he still has the athleticism to contribute, and he'll definitely bring some energy to the locker room. Oh, my Lord. God bless you, Rod. Like, seriously, man. God bless you. I, I appreciate you listening to the show. But I'm putting this in the same category as y'all asking me about Gardner Minshew. Stop asking me about Cam coming back and being – in a non-QB role. I don't want to watch Cam Newton, and no Carolina Panther fan should, in my opinion. Now, you have a right to feel however you want to feel. It's America and all that kind of stuff. But no Panther fan should want to watch Cam Newton be reduced to a gimmick so that Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, who you name it, can play the majority of the snaps at quarterback. The best quarterback we've ever had in franchise history. The only franchise quarterback we ever had. MVP. You should not want that. You should want more for Cam. Not to be out here splitting out wide to do jump balls. Treating him like he's Kelvin Benjamin? Come on. No. No, no, no. 
Besides, if you want to bring him in for short yardage situations, that's why they brought in Dante Foreman. You don't even need Cam for that. You should want more for Cam. If you want Cam to come back, then want Cam to come back and actually get an opportunity to compete for the starting job. But as Cam already said, he's put himself in an effed up situation, so it would be again as he already missed the entirety of the offseason program and would come in for training camp, trying to learn a brand new offense and be behind the eight ball and potentially behind it until midway through the season. Don't need that. So want more for Cam Newton. Yeah, I love the locker room injury, energy and, and that. But if you want that, then have him come back as a coach. I just hope Cam gets another opportunity. Just it's just does not feel like that's the case. And I don't think he helped himself on that podcast a couple weeks ago with just his thoughts. Now, Mike Tomlin was on the same. I think at the pivot, he was on the same podcast and people were loving his stuff. But Mike Tomlin also has never had a losing season. Is not a Super Bowl winner. It's going to Hall of Fame. Cam just has not been the same, y'all. And I, I, I hate it. But no, stop asking me about Cam coming back to be a gimmick so Sam Darnold can be the starter. Like, that's just disgusting to even think about. All right. Going to go to uh, Rian. Rian, who uh, asked, what's up, Julian? Hey, man, not much. He says ESPN has released a predicted 53-man roster for the Panthers that features three quarterbacks and Kalen Barnes, but no sign anywhere of Cade Mays. Do you think the Panthers would be that quick to move off a guy with that much potential, being a former five-star guy and a three-year starter, but keep a guy like Barnes around? Or is it just ESPN not putting enough thought into their evaluation of the Panthers again? I'm talking about the 32nd grade power ranking again. Sheesh. Yeah, I think that's probably David Newton's work. I, I didn't read it. Um, I don't typically read anything that uh, ESPN puts out there on the Panthers because I it's David Newton who covers them, and I'm sure he works hard, and I just – He's not one of the people that I typically go out there and, and look for his work when it comes to the Panthers. Um, so I did not read that article. But Joe Person, friend of the pod, who works for The Athletic, he did have a similar thing, trying to evaluate where the roster could be at. And as far as it goes with Mays, he has him on the roster. But a six-rounder from a year ago, Deontay Brown, he has kind of sitting there in limbo as the Panthers only took nine offensive linemen last season after the cutdown, the initial 53-man roster cutdown. And if that's the case, again, he thinks that Brown could be on the outside looking in. And that doesn't necessarily surprise me when you listen to where Cade Mays has lined up so far here in Carolina. He's been at both tackle positions. He's been at both guard positions. He's been at center. Deontay Brown plays, as far as, I'm, as, as, far as I know, he only plays one position. That's right guard. So would you take a guy who can play five positions or a guy who can play one position and also struggles with his weight? Probably the guy who can play multiple positions. I think that's the guy that they likely would want. And we hadn't really heard anything at all about Deontay Brown at all this offseason. Now come to think of it. And yeah, they just drafted Cade Mays. So of course you're going to put him out there in front of the media. And there's not much reason to put Deontay Brown in front of the media when he's a backup right guard. So I, I do. I, and he's up there with Dennis Daly as like on the fringe competing in the mix, I think is, as what Joe person wrote. So I think they would probably prefer to have someone with positional flexibility, which is what they've, as we've seen, really leaned um, or preferred going back to last offseason when then the first two signings were were um, Pat Olflein and Cam Irving, who could play multiple positions. And we see Pat Olflein now competing to be the starting center here in Carolina where he played left guard last year poorly. So that's what I look at. Now with Kalen Barnes, another thing that was brought up by Joe Person that they bring in Barnes who played for rule at, at Baylor and same thing with Scott, um, not Scott, but um, with uh, Phil Snow, the DC here in Carolina. He's got great speed. And for him, he's going to have to be able to make the roster via special teams. 
and he has he's Bit taller, more of an athlete than Stan Thomas Oliver, who's been on this roster the last two years. Seventh round pick out of Florida International two years ago, um, because of his special teams play. And they brought in a lot of corners recently, and they drafted Barnes. He's better athlete. If he can come in and win the job by participating on special teams, then he'll be on the roster. So I don't think it's really a hey, they're going to take this guard overtaking, instead, or they're going to take this this corner instead of taking this guard. It's just kind of, I think it's Stan Thomas Oliver who's battling to keep his job. More so, Cade's probably going to be on the roster, according to at least Joe Person. So don't be alarmed there, uh, Rian. All right, last question. And this is Josh again asking me um, Panthers history questions, which are fine, especially this time of the year. But he asked me once again about the draft. He said, since you told us your three worst picks in Panthers history a week ago, what are your three best picks in Panthers history? And he puts in parentheses as he's going to have a caveat here, or, or rather parameters. He says, not players like Cam, who was the number one pick, more like Steve Smith, the third round pick, who became the best Panthers receiver of all time. So you're wanting me to, okay, so what you're saying is best Panthers pick, but they can't be in the first round. I guess they can't be in the second round either. So third, fourth, fifth, and sixth and seventh round. Well, Steve Smith's obviously the best pick they've ever had if we're going to go by that. So he's my number one. Two and three, I'm going to say number three is Captain Munerlin, which might maybe surprise you. Seventh round pick. 216th overall in 2009. Played in 107 games, started 55 across seven seasons here in Carolina, eight interceptions. Was a solid player here for the Panthers when he first started out his career out of South Carolina. Went to Minnesota for a couple of years, came back here. Yes, he did struggle there in 2018, um, especially as you saw it on uh, All or Nothing on the Amazon series. But still, Captain was a really good player. If you can get someone like that in the seventh round to play that many games for you, to be a veteran, and to be a leader on this team, that's a really good pick. Because so far, what we've seen out of the seven-round picks that they brought in is not that just yet. It may never be that. So Captain Munderland would be my number three. And then number two, is I'm going to say Charles Johnson. 2007, uh, 2007 uh, third-round pick, 83rd overall. Finished his career here in Carolina, ranked second in franchise history, 67 and a half sacks. Also was second with 19 forced fumbles. When they lost Julius Peppers, who went to Chicago, he then became the key edge rusher here for Carolina and was on some really good teams. Of course, the 2015 team was a solid player for the Panthers. Will one day go up in the Hall of Honor here in Carolina. Like, that dude was awesome. So he's got to be my my second one. Like, I also looked at Josh Norman, who was drafted in the fifth round out of Coastal Carolina. Just didn't really feel like he was here long enough to be considered that. He was an all-pro. It was like 2014 and 15 season, really, when we saw Josh Norman kind of reach those heights. And then after that, he just never was really the same guy. But when he was here in Carolina, he was awesome. And I will always love Josh Norman. But I would have those guys. Steve is number one. CJ is number two. And then number three would be Captain Munderland, as far as the best picks Panthers have ever had that are third round and beyond. So there we go. All right. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast. Again, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Guys, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on all the traditional podcast platforms out there Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, even tune in. And be sure to subscribe to the show over on YouTube, where you can watch every single episode here in living color. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here during this off season mode. And next Friday, we will not have a weekly Friday. Actually, we will. Yeah, we will next Friday. Sorry. It's going to be... So, the content plan 
it's going on. I got the week of the 4th of July, I'll be out of town. And unless something crazy happens, which I'm sure is going to happen as I'm trying to get away from this and actually have to take some time off and get away from everything. I'm sure that's when they'll probably decide to get Baker Mayfield. But the plan that week is, is to do three positional breakdowns. So the 4th of July, the 6th, and the 8th. That week, we'll not have a weekly Friday mailbag. Next week, the 1st, we will. So just kind of letting you guys know what's coming down the pike here in a couple of weeks. So again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, then at me or DM me. Mainly just DM me at Julian Council and get in your questions for next week for the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. In the meantime, I'm off to Charleston this weekend. So y'all stay safe, be cool, and always keep pounding. And I'll talk to you on Monday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.